Welcome. Welcome to the Rainbow Tree Therapies podcast. My name is Lisa Haverly. I will be your host, and I look forward to sharing with you tips and strategies on how to best support your family's mind, body, and heart. Thanks again for being here. All right. Hello, and welcome back, everybody, for our next episode of Rainbow Tree, supporting the mind, body, and heart of families. This is Lisa Haverly, your host. And I have a very special guest with me today. She happens to be a dear friend, but also an amazing colleague. And I would like to introduce you to Michelle Polisic. And those of you who are Rainbow Tree fans, you will know her well. She has um, been a gift to my camps here as we have been doing camps together for now going on our eighth summer. So which is hard to believe, and we've been friends much longer than that. So I am so grateful that she decided to do this with me today. And so I'm going to ask Michelle to just to introduce herself, to give us a little more information about who she is, the roles she plays. Um, most of you know her as a speech and language pathologist, but there is much more to her than just that. So with that, welcome, Michelle. Thank you for being here. And if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about who you are, what you like to do, um, and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Lisa, it's my pleasure. Um, most of you know me as a speech and language pathologist, um, and I've worked in both private and um, public school settings. Um, and then also my most favorite position is, of course, at Rainbow Tree. Um, I am a mom. I have three children um, who are currently 17, 14, and eight. Um, I am also a piano teacher part-time and have several students, um, and that is more of a hobby, but just something that I really enjoy. It kind of fills me up. It, it's just an interest that, um, I can kind of carry on from when I was a child into adulthood. So it's, it's, uh, rewarding to see kids enjoy music. I would like to think I'm a good neighbor and a good friend and, and, a, and a good coworker and, and those types of secondary things that are in our lives, but um, I would say my two biggest jobs are being a speech language pathologist and also um, a mom. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I know you also um, love animals. Um, for those of you who do not know, we have the pleasure of housing Michelle's horse, Eclipse. Um, I remember wanting a horse for a very long time. It was a big dream. And actually, when I moved out to California to take my first job, um, the first thing I did is bought a horse and a pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, from, from then on, I've had um, multiple, multiple animals and multiple experiences that have taught me uh, many lessons. Currently, uh, like Lisa said, I have Eclipse, and he is a 22-year-old quarter horse mellow and sweet and pretty predictable. Um, I have a dog right now named Ivy and uh, we have three cats. Usually we, we uh, end up having three to four depending on the, depending on the moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know you love your animals. You do. do. And you love your rocks and tell us what project you have going on in your front yard. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, I have um, collected rocks all over uh, the state <laughs> to bring them to my gardens. Um, I, I'm an avid gardener and um, I landscape with river rock. 
so um, I have an old little house downtown Hudson and um, the, the drainage is not so great. So I regraded and decided that I would um, use smaller river rock to um, uh, make my bigger, you know, to match my bigger river rock and, sure. and um, it would probably be better than mulch. So right now I have a, a two yard pile of river rock that I have to shovel in place this weekend. So um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. It'll be yeah. hard work, but the, the project in the end will be lovely, I hope. So. So I would think it's fair to say that you feel pretty connected to nature, you feel pretty connected to animals, and both of those things have been an important part of your life. Yeah. 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 Um, and on the, on the rock front, um, I think, um, I would say, gosh, over 10 years ago, um, took it upon myself to start learning a little bit more about um, types of rocks and minerals. and um, some some people uh, believe and feel strongly that different rocks have uh, healing qualities or carry different energies, and so that has been something that um, both myself and my kids have really started to um, talk about and read about, and um, we we bring that into our daily living and um, find it helpful and and always very interesting. Do you have a favorite rock or one that you would recommend to listeners if they are wanting to bring peace and calm, maybe? to their homes um, or just your own Rose go ahead is a lovely uh a, a peaceful calm um rock also um amethyst is also something for calming and um particularly if you're concerned about maybe some unrestful feelings or some, some anxious feelings um my personal favorite rock is called citrine and that is kind of a mood stabilizer <laughs> <So> <laughs> That's kind of just one of those that you can put in your pocket and, and um, you, you hope the energy of the rock is working, and, but you can also put your hand in your pocket and feel that that rock is there. And it's a physical reminder of, of also trying to stay calm yeah. and, um, and level throughout your day. So rose quartz, amethyst, or citrine? Yes. Yes. Okay. So listeners, you can Google those and maybe there's one that would work good for you, for your home. Okay, Michelle, we're going to move on here a little bit. So I've been asking my guests if they would be willing to share a personal story um, that was maybe difficult to manage. We would call it kind of one of our storms of life and how they um, manage the storm or are currently managing the storm and what was most helpful. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing a story from your life that um, was difficult. I think I will share about my oldest daughter. Um, her name is Maya. And um, I guess I'd like to go back and just say that she being my firstborn, um, I, I knew in my heart or in my gut, my, my, my sixth sense that she was unique from the get go. Um, and I wish, and I just say this because I wish that I would have trusted my instincts a little bit more as a young mom um, than, than I did. Um, instead, I, I parented her the way I was parented and, and thought that I was being a good mom and, and um, didn't, didn't always um, understand her the way she needed to be understood. 
And so I, I have a lot of guilt about that, which has made this whole process even more um, challenging at times. But I, I, so I just, I, I, I preface the story with, as a mom, trust your instincts, because um, I think that that's, that's just always helpful to, to be confident and know that you know what your child needs. Um, or, or if you don't, but you, you know something is off, it is okay to seek, seek help. Does that make sense? For sure. Um, so I have a kiddo who um, has struggled with anxiety, um, again, since she's been little. Um, of course, it presented very differently when she was younger, and um, sometimes that looked like behavior issues, um, which, which were challenging. Um, but again, uh, workable, doable, um, manageable. As she got older and started to um, go through puberty, um, we noticed um, just a lot more um, um, significant changes with genetically. Um, you know, we had a heads up that perhaps um, this is something that, that could develop for her. Um, but I guess in my mind, I still kind of had this idea that um, we try a medication or we try a certain strategy or we, we, we um, try this or that. It's, it's just a phase and it's going to go away. Um, that started when she was probably 13. And so, Michelle, can I ask you a question? So what things were you seeing at 13 that were concerning? Um, just uh, some, some withdrawal, um, some lack of um, just inability to concentrate, um, very nervous at school. Um, Oftentimes she'd wake up in the morning. She didn't want to go to school. Um, I would say she had friends, but they were very close friends. Um, she would verbalize to me that she didn't um, really like large groups of, of people. Um, lots of fears. You know, didn't want to order her food by herself, or um, you know, go into a store and buy something on her own. Um, just things that a, a normal teenager would kind of start to do independently. They were, they were real hurdles for her. Okay. Thank you. Um, and then I guess at that point we, we, we tried counseling. Um, we tried some medication. Um, we tried some um, mindfulness strategies. Um, anything that, would, would support her, I guess, in a way that um, could just kind of get her through. Um, I think, and again, whether this was right or wrong, I, I had a lot of focus in, in, in my brain about her being successful in school. And so one of the struggles was also that she would, um, you know, not do very well in, in, in school at times, and that would fluctuate. So we'd be in the clear for a couple months, and then all of a sudden we'd hit a wall. We'd be in the clear for a couple months, and we'd hit a wall. So it just felt like every time I um, could take a breath, um, then it would kind of happen all, all over again. So there was definitely some like some cyclics and cycles that I was I was mm -hmm. starting to see. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward a couple years, and just kind of dealing with those things. Um, on a pretty continuous basis, um, we, she, she opened up to me, um, and this was about age 15 and a half, she was doing some self-harm. And I was 
dumbfounded. I had really, I mean, I, I knew what self-harm was, but I didn't know what drives self-injurious behavior. Um, I, again, felt guilty, like, what was I doing as a mom that would cause her to do this to herself? Um, you know, I was, I was dumbfounded, and, and I was in tears. So at that point, we knew, again, that maybe we needed a medication change or, you know, something else had to, had to give. So um, sought out some professional help again. Um, it seemed like she had grown a lot and gone through puberty from, from the time that we were, you know, seeing some initial negative behaviors. And so we kind of chalked it up to puberty and she grew and, and she needed some medication adjustments. So again, seemed like we were on the right track. Um, and then, um, let's see, just this last fall, um, there was a situation in which she 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 tried to commit suicide and so um in that moment um again i just i was uh, I, I think i handled it very calmly but i mean everything inside my body was like in high emergent mode and and i just was trying to be calm and collected so that we could go to the emergency room and, and take care of her and get her the help that she needed um, at that point, um, I don't know if, you know, when, when you think of those moments that kind of bring you to your knees in life, um, I haven't had many of those, but this was one of those moments where I just felt completely helpless as a mom. Um, my father and I are, are, are divorced, and so I didn't have the, the support of, um, really her dad in this situation. He certainly was supportive of Maya, but I was um, internalizing a lot of this because, again, you know, why was she, why was she seeking this behavior out? What, you know, what, what, what had I done wrong? So lots and lots and lots of doubts. Um, and I had to just kind of stop that and realize that at this point, um, there, there was limited amounts of things that I could do. I really had to put my trust in professionals and we had to seek um, something a little bit more serious. I mean, and of course, you know, for full disclosure, I was kind of alongside Michelle with this process. And, you know, it's a difficult situation and you are very concerned about your children, of course. And then I know you're, this isn't even hardly hindsight because it was so recent, but if you could say one thing um, that was helpful to you as the mom, um, during all of that, what, what would you say? Was it just having a different mindset? Was it, um, just trying to stay in the present moment? Was it, were you doing some self-care for yourself? I mean, and I know every day could be different because some days we cope better than others, but for people who might be going through this now or in the future, if there is one thing that you could give to them to try to have some way of managing and of course you know we can't be managing well all the time so but just something that worked for you perhaps even if it was just for a short period of time sure um i think first and foremost i i utilized my my girlfriend um just to to reach out and to be able to express my concern and my emotions and and vent and um i just have an incredible crew of 
um, women in my life and, and they were very supportive. So that was um, first and foremost number one for me and I'm really lucky to, to have those ladies in my life. Um, personally, I had to just let go and I mean let go of the messy room, let go of the math assignment that needed to be done, let go of the, the bad grade that was coming, um, let go of just anything that was less important than her immediate well-being. So like you had mentioned, staying in the present, yes. Um, the challenging part of that is, is that we as a family unit, she's got two younger brothers. And so it takes a lot of energy to put everything into one child and, and, and that's really what needed to be done. I mean, I had to, to, I still had to be a mom to these other kids, but it felt like she needed me more than anything. And so for a while I was really, um, I was just um, run, kind of run ragged. I mean, it, everything was um, extra challenging. And I just had to remember like to connect with each child on a daily basis and remember that I had two other other kids that needed me just as much. And so, yeah, it was just spread really thin. Um, so as far as those random self-care moments, there, there, weren't, there weren't a lot of them, but um, I tried to let things go. I tried to be in the present and I guess I really utilized my, my girlfriend, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. None of none of which was a full solution to the to the issue, but it did it did get us through. So, so now, um, could you give an update of where Maya is now? So you sought that more intensive support, yeah. right? So, yeah, um, she participated in a um, uh, partial uh, partial inpatient um, program um, through Prairie Care, and. Um, Basically, what that meant is she was out of school for approximately six to eight weeks, and she did um, her schooling and uh, programming through them. Um, I think it was extremely helpful. Um, there were multiple um, ways in which they addressed um, you know, issues of depression, anxiety, um, there was family counseling, there was individual counseling, there was, um, you know, uh, meditation and art therapy and, um, you know, specific targeted behaviors. And when we were able to um, kind of uh, dissect the problem, it, it felt more manageable. And, and um, with them being able to help her with specific goals um, or objectives to meet, um, Again, it made it more clear kind of what what really was important for us to focus on and what we needed to just kind of let go. And mm -hmm. um, as far as an actual update, um, there's, you know, been a medication change and um, there are more uh, positive days than negative days, but we still are struggling. And I think I've had to change my mindset that this is something that she may deal with for the rest of her life. Um, therefore, I will be dealing with it for the rest of my life, and I am just learning to figure out how to support her the best I can um, every day, and every day is a little different. So, mm -hmm. um, If you could give any parent um, any words of wisdom or, I mean, maybe not peace of mind, but just 
to let them know that they're not alone or that they're doing okay and the best that they can do. Um, would you have any words about that for struggling parents? <laughs> I've, I've used those words directly to my daughter and telling her I am doing the best I know how to do. Um, sometimes the words um, that give me a little grace or even I, I ask her, what do you need from me? And she's an articulate, bright, lovely girl. And she's usually able to tell me sometimes what she needs from me or, or what she doesn't need from me in, in certain situations. And I'm learning to listen better and um, observe. And I guess you take advantage of the positive interactions and the positive times the best of your ability and um i've learning to you know i'm learning to give her space when i see that she needs space um so it kind of sounds like what you had to do was take a step back um let go of your expectations that you either had for her probably since birth more of a level of acceptance of this is my child and then also have those moments of pause where you need to before you react kind of observe her for where are we at, and then knowing how to proceed from there. Yes, well said. Yeah. yeah. And it's easier said than done, I am sure. It is, but um, I had someone tell me a long time ago that um, she in particular would teach me more than I was ever ready to learn, and I feel like of all of my children, this kid is teaching me every minute of every day. So. Um, just to try to be open to those moments when she's teaching me and whether that's tolerance or patience or resilience or perseverance, I, I don't know, but it's, you know, it's, it's a constant combination and um, I know that she'll be fine and I know that I'll be fine and as a family we'll be okay. Um, but I think it's, I think it's important for people to know that everybody has their struggles everybody has you know moments where they doubt themselves and just if that's a comfort at all um there yeah. are ways to get through they really are and and what do you think about reaching out either for just support from friends or family or at what point if someone is thinking maybe i need to seek professional help um how did you come to that decision or i know you spoke to it a little bit um, but if there, if you, ha if there's a family listening who is on the fence, well, maybe we need to call somebody, maybe we need to do something. Um, what would you say to that family that's on the fence of trying to figure out what the next step is? Um, I, I think at different moments, I felt that things were plateauing or like, you know, under control and it felt like, like we were moving forward. And so what's hard about mental health is that you have those moments of like, this is, this is over or this is going well again. And, and you, you kind of easily fall back into those regular routines of life and, and um, you forget that in the meantime, your kid is still really struggling. Unfortunately for us, you know, a, a very, um, you know, it was, it was an emergency event that happened that to me, it was like somebody, you know, clocked me in the, in the face and, and it was like, okay, wake up call, this is, this is time for you to need 
you know, mm -hmm. this is completely out of your realm. You can't do this on your own. I would hope that a family doesn't have to go through that or wait till that moment. Um, real, realizing, you know, what your intuition is telling you. And if you're kind of out of, out of ideas or, or you're frustrated and you've utilized your pediatrician and a counselor and, and it's just not getting better. I, I don't think it's so close to Minnesota. Um, I, I, I just think that they're here for us. So let's utilize them. So. Yeah, I might have lost you there for a moment, Michelle. All of a sudden you went quiet. So what was oh. the last thing you were saying? So you said, follow your intuition. And then what was the next thing that you said after that? And then something about Minnesota. <laughs> Just that, um, you know, if, if you are doing everything that you can, it, it is give yourself permission to seek that more intensive type therapy that, that sure. helps. Um, and I just said there are multiple opportunities in this area to seek formal treatment, um, you know, being so close to Minnesota. Sure. And, and, um, right. we, um, we were highly impressed with the, the facility that Maya went to, and um, I, I would, I would encourage any parent who's struggling to do so. Yeah, okay. Thank you for that, Michelle. I know it was very difficult and continues to be challenging, but continue to reach out to your friends here when you need support. Um, and to our listeners, you should never be afraid to ask for support. Um, I know sometimes we feel like we're all alone in these challenges, but as you've noticed, and all the people I've had on this podcast, everyone has dealt with a challenge. Um, and of course, some are more significant. But really, if you're dealing with a storm, it's highly significant to you, and it's very difficult. So um, just know that you're not alone in those storms. And thank you, Michelle, for sharing that. And so we are going to switch gears a little bit here um, and talk more about speech and language skills of children. And I know that you are passionate about play and learning and growing and the importance of that in overall child development. And could you just speak a little bit more to how you know children learn best and how play specifically sport supports more of the um, language development of children? And both Michelle and I have read extensive research on the importance of play and what it and what she's really saying is that you learn those very important foundational skills of learning which are to self-regulate and so and you do that with, with through play so you get to decide when you start an activity and when you are done and end an activity and so that affords attention that is affords being able to know when something is finished and then redirecting your attention onto the next thing. And then play also looks at how do I interact with a peer? How do I problem solve? How do I um, resolve conflict? And how do I manage my emotions during all of that? And so what research says is that we need those foundational skills so that we can manage the challenge of learning, so we can manage working in groups as we move on, even into adulthood. So. Um, play is very vital, and it is through those unstructured moments of play um, that children learn those skills. And so don't skip those developmental stages of play. I mean, that, and Michelle and I definitely agree, agree on that, and we could talk for hours on um, trying to bring all of that back to the forefront of, for families. And uh, if you're listening to this and you have young children, 
just know that and trust trust the play process that those things are all being laid down and that your child will be an even stronger learner because they had that opportunity to play and what a gift now here this is a gift this is a silver lining of COVID-19 yeah. that we have a little more time perhaps to play with our children and that is quality valuable time and not to take it for granted but to take advantage of it for sure and so I don't know if you had anything to add to that Michelle but um, um, just on a personal note with my own second grader um, you know we are we are certainly trying to um, keep up with what um, is expected through school um, but I have really um, we've, we've done the minimum um, because like you said I have this wonderful gift of time with him and so um, we would much rather you know be snuggled up in a hammock or maybe outside taking a walk or, or you know doing a kayak or hanging with the animals and those connections I, I am finding out more about this little child from those moments than you know I, I, I ever would and so I I'm kind of a fan of this new normal and it's it's actually going to be um, a challenge for me to go back to to um, yeah. work when, when things mm -hmm. you know, go back to normal per se so I mean if I had little kids right now at home in that age of, of you know two through five I just I can imagine just trying to be outside and, and give them those moments of, of um, you know even even just being being the parent that's quiet and just listening to their stories and, and watching them explore and um, mm -hmm. I, I I think if you have the luxury of being able to do that with your kids right now or you know even in the summertime um, it's so crucial it's so important just just mm -hmm. for for those moments to happen mm -hmm. um, and yeah. again whether that's whether that's in you know in in a type of play situation or just in a moment when you're you're sharing time together, you're cooking, you're you're planning a garden, um, all of those things just go hand in hand um, with with sure. indirectly teaching and indirectly mm -hmm. learning. So mm -hmm. um, I agree that this has been. I'm trying to see it as an opportunity, and and of course I'm lucky that there's no job loss in my family. No, there's no financial strain. Um, that we can't manage at this time. So I know every family's in a different spot, but if we're just saying that if you have this time with your children to not let it slip through your hands and then pretty soon we're just back to, you know, that pace that moves us all through life so quickly. So um, thank you, Michelle. And so I'm going to wrap up and I've been asking people to share a favorite quote. Um, if you would, that either speaks to your professional side or your personal or both. A little bit of everything. I yeah. Think. Um, okay. My quote is, when you do what you love, everything else falls into place. Mm -hmm. And I love that quote. Um, and so you have that in your house? I do. It's hanging on my wall above my piano. <laughs> awesome. I love that. Can you say that one more time for us? That when you do what you love, everything else falls into place. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think people could, could 
um, apply that to many different things in their life. Yeah, I agree. And just to believe that things happen for, for reasons and um, sometimes, sometimes storms, but <laughs> mm -hmm. you can get through them. Yeah. We'll fall into place. Yeah. And things will fall into place. Yes. Yep. I believe that too. And I agree with that as well. Anything else you would like to share before we close this podcast? Um, no, not at all. I, I, I don't know if you ever have listeners um, reach out for specific questions or concerns or, or anything, but I would always be available to um, provide additional information for anyone. Or So if anybody anything. has any questions about anything that Michelle um, knows, either professionally or personally, she is offering up um, that you could reach out to her. So um, thank you for that, Michelle. And with that, I will close this podcast and thank everybody for listening and thank um, Michelle in particular for sharing her story and her wisdom today. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Supporting the Mind, Body, and Hearts of Families. I do hope you know that you are not alone. We are all navigating the storms of life. If you need additional support or resources, please make sure you are a member of our private Facebook group, Rainbow Tree, Supporting the Mind, Body, and Hearts of Families, or please reach out to Lisa Haverly at rainbowtreeinfo at gmail.com. Thank you, and I hope to see you down the road.